Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Live from MMA Fighting Studios, this is Between the Links. And now, your host, Mike Heck. The iconic voice of Esther Lynn welcomes you to a brand new edition of Between the Links. Welcome back. It is a Thursday, and there's a lot going on in the combat sports world this weekend. We couldn't really narrow down the topics. There's a lot of movement, a lot of traveling going on, so many events. So we decided, you know what? Let's turn the programming back over to the viewers. You will control what we're just going to discuss. And who better to bring on for this venture than the man who ran one of my all-time favorite shows in the MMA space, the A-Side Live Chat. We're sort of bringing it back for for an episode under a different name, but uh, in my heart of hearts, this is an episode of the A-Side Live Chat, so who better to bring on than the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jose Youngs. Jose, welcome. How are you, sir? I'm great. It's nice and warm and sunny. It is 72 degrees here in downtown Phoenix. I can't complain. I would much rather be in Hawaii. Uh, I am okay missing the circus that is happening in Las Vegas right now, so can't complain. The Red Sox are terrible, but I digress. The Celtics are amazing. The Boston Bruins will probably never lose a game for the rest of their lives, so all is well. Well, they lost last night, but hopefully that's the last one. They they stunk something mm-hmm. awful last night, and they weren't very mm-hmm. good in game one, but still somehow escaped Boston after playing pretty poorly with a win. So I, I guess we'll accept that, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about MMA and combat sports. Casey doing the production from Las Vegas. Uh, obviously we got the big Gervonta Davis, Ryan Garcia fight. So he's getting ready. I don't know if this is what press conference day, Casey. Uh, yes, we have press conference in just a couple hours. I'm currently at the MGM grand media room for the Davis Garcia event and um yeah it's um and radio row so there's about looks like there's about i don't know 15 20 uh little stations set up and people are doing the interviews boxers are coming through so yeah it's a big um mayweather-esque boxing fight week it feels like it it feels big all right Yes, and Jose will be uh, part of a preview show we'll be doing for the Davis Garcia mm-hmm. fight. So look for that uh, wherever you find all of our programming. So that being said, throw your questions in the chat. Casey will throw them up on the screen. Jose and I will discuss. What do we got, Casey? What's our first topic slash question of the program? All right. Oh, one second. <laughs> Happy holidays. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yes, happy happy 420 for those who <laughs> <will> celebrate. <laughs> Speaking of the A side, we had a very memorable episode on April 20th. I want to say it was 2020, it might have been 2021. I can't quite remember, but it was me, AK, and the late Elias Theodoro did one on April 20th where he showed us his That's pyramid right. bong. 
which was a trip. <laughs> I remember that episode. Forgot it was on 420. Uh, let's see. Forrest Daniels, why can't the UFC come to Hawaii when Bellator has been there numerous times? That's uh, I probably why. not the right people to ask this question, but Jose, please. Because the number that the UFC asked for is the last I heard is there is obviously the, the – there's a site fee that the people have to pay to have the UFC there, obviously, to like for like production and everything. I don't know the technical terms of it, but the last I had heard, it was six million dollars or something like that. That the like the government of Hawaii pays the UFC to hold an event there. And from what I had read, this was also like a couple of years ago when Max was doing his thing, so maybe things have changed. Is they pulled that number because I think that's what the Pro Bowl, the NFL paid, or the Hawaii paid the Pro Bowl to happen there so the ufc was like that's the number and i believe the government of hawaii counted with a smaller number and they just couldn't come to an agreement so it's literally just dollars and cents that's all yeah i mean it would be cool obviously to have the ufc do an event in hawaii and have max holloway and some of the other hawaiian fighters on there but the ufc is making so much money right now and to them it's probably a backward step when they can make much more money elsewhere like at the apex or in vancouver or kansas city or other cities where they can make a bunch more money so that's why they haven't been there and that's it bellator has been there and good on bellator they they have uh they've planted their flag so to speak in hawaii and that could be their spot unless things change and they can meet somewhere in the middle but yeah that's pretty much the answer right there yeah i think when things don't make sense it's always just money that's all it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they makes it's dollars and cents. Yep. It's what it usually is. It's one of the big reasons why they're not going to Mexico right now because they'll sell out with Brandon Moreno in Texas and they don't have to deal with holding an event in Mexico because that is an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Texas, Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Uh Mr. Me Seeks. Do you think Sergey gets it done in round one, or do y'all see this one going into the later round? So Seems like Mr. Meeseeks uh, is confident that Sergey gets it done in round one, or maybe I don't know. He's it looks like he's possibly picking Sergey here. But what do you think, Jose? Do you think let's say over under is seven and a half minutes? We go around and a half. We going over that or under that? I'm gonna say under because both both men are very violent men. Um, Obviously, Sergey Pavlovich is, what is it, four or five TKOs, knockouts in a row. Obviously, Ty Tuivasa is on a bit of a losing streak. Derek Lewis is on a bit of a losing streak. Shamil Abdurrahimov, is that how you pronounce the last name? He's not in the UFC anymore. Maurice Green is not in the UFC anymore, and I can't even remember who is. I know he lost over him in his debut. I can't even remember who he beat after that, and then obviously he had that long layoff because of thesis and so on and so forth. So I don't know because Sergey is kind of putting people away that he should be putting people away. Curtis Blades has been knocked out by Francis Ngannou and Derek Lewis, who are two of of maybe the hardest hitters in the history of the UFC heavyweight division. Those are the last two losses he's had, or those are the only two losses he's had, correct? Francis and Derek, everyone else is kind of... I know the Tom Aspinall one was a little wonky, um, but he's knocked out Chris Dawkins, who should be a light heavyweight. Jairzinho, he decisions in a fight that no one remembers. Uh, out-wrestled Volkov, melted JDS. So I'm going to say under just because both men are pretty violent, but I could absolutely see a world where Curtis plays just like 50-44, 50-43s Sergey with wrestling. Yeah, I I think either way, this one's probably going under a round and a half. And I think we're going to know how this fight's going to go in the first minute of it. Like, Blades has got to shoot for a takedown early. That probably is path of, of least resistance if you will and i know things change over time and you know overeem was able to take pavlovich down and kind of keep him there and he wasn't be able to do much and i know a lot can change since then but i just don't have enough video evidence to show me that pavlovich has improved drastically in that department at least to the level where curtis blades can't be effective in that way and we've seen Curtis kind of go in there and be like, you know what? Everyone thinks this dude can outstrike me. Watch what I can do. And then he gets knocked out by a Derek Lewis or somebody like that. But if Blades gets a takedown, I think it's probably going to be over shortly thereafter because once Curtis gets on top of you, he just 
unloads the clip. And that's probably what's going to happen here. So yeah, I think either way, it's going to be a short night at the office. I don't think the judges are going to be needed. And if Blades gets him down, it's probably going to be over shortly thereafter. And if he can't, then Pavlovich has the death touch. So he, uh, I don't know if he has the death touch so much as that he like clips you. And then he has unbelievable killer instincts. Yes. Like he's not a guy like Francis or Derek where he touches you and you like one punch, you're dead. It's he touches you, you go, what was that? And all of a sudden you ate seven <laughs> or eight more. You know what I'm saying? It's like death by a thousand lunchboxes. So it's, yeah. Also, fun fact, I just read this this morning and I wrote it down on my notes. Do you know what an ape index is, Mike? No, I don't. It is the ratio of one's arm length comparative to like their their height. So like arm height, like arm span to like height. And it's the average person is one. Sergey Pavlovich, his ape index is nine, which is considered oh to be one of, if the largest in the UFC. <laughs> Reminds me of Tony Delk, who used to mop yes. the bench for the Celtics. His arms are like down yes. to his ankles. He was, yes. a, he was a freaking nature in that way. But it's going to be, it's, it's going to be an interesting fight. I just, yeah, we'll see what happens. Pavlovich is, uh, he's a scary individual. And I think, Curtis would be better off just taking this fight to the map. But what do you think these guys are fighting for, Jose? This is this is the weird question because it appears, at least this is what people are saying, John Jones, Stipe Miocic, MSG, that's what Dan yeah. is saying. If John wins, I just don't think he's going to be like – overly excited to fight either of these guys i don't think mm -hmm. it's just the same name value and and all of that we do have jailton almeida fighting jarzinho rosenstrike in the main event of that charlotte card next month i feel like unless stipe wins and of course we'll probably get an immediate rematch if stipe wins because you might as well milk that cow while you can mm -hmm. i kind of feel like the winner of this is gonna win the jailton almeida sweepstakes if he beats jarzinho yeah yeah, probably. It's just Curtis said he's willing to wait, but obviously if Stipe wins, like you said, they'll do the rematch if John wins. I'm assuming, like on a scale of 1 to 10, my confidence is a 7 or an 8 that John retires. And I don't think they're going to give Stipe, like Stipe could retire too if he loses. You get a double retirement if John wins. So oh, yeah. there's a problem in the sense that these two men could very feasibly be fighting for an, a vacant title, like both of these men. This fight could have been booked for a vacant title late this year early next year but waiting that long i mean they could be they're essentially they're fighting for a number one contender spot just a matter of who they're either going to fight jailton almeida for a vacant title or because uh, i'm we're all assuming jailton beats jairzinho correct he's out you're either fight you're either fighting jailton for a vacant title you're either somehow if curtis blades wins and persuades john to stick around maybe you can fight john maybe he could fight Stipe if, if john loses and gets hurt you know they're gonna the winner of this will probably fight for a title next just a matter of who and whether the interim title is attached to it that could be an option as well we've seen worse interim title situations we have we sure have Brandon, will the UFC's heavyweight division be in a better spot if Jones sticks around for a few fights or if he retires after the Stipe fight? Uh, kind of what we were talking about before, but... Yeah. I think MMA in general will be better if John Jones sticks around for a few more fights. Every time, like... If John wins and he's... If he dominates Stipe like he did against Cyril and he's just, I think, after that point, the best fighter of all time, I don't think there's much of an argument... I don't want to see him right off in the sunset. Obviously, that's probably what's going to happen, but he's the greatest ever, and I don't want to see Mike Trout retire after next year, and I sure don't want to see John Jones retire after November. I feel like if John wins, like, Stipe will be done-done. Like, he'll just be like, all right, I'm cool. Like, I think Stipe yeah. would be cool just not fighting at all, but fighting John Jones at MSG for the heavyweight title – doesn't get much bigger than this. That's one that'll get you off the couch. John, I think Stipe will be like retired, retired. John will be like MMA retired, where it's just yeah. like, I'm just going to sit out and wait to see if something interesting happens. And just looking at the current landscape of the division, like let's just say Jailton just starts running roughshod over everybody, wins a vacant title, and then defends it like three or four more times in dominant fashion. Maybe John will see a challenge there. Maybe Jailton will be, will be over 
in a bigger way. Maybe that'll entice John to come back and try to slay the dragon. The other thing I, I honestly, if John wins and John's a pretty smart guy, John's a pretty smart guy. If he goes out there and melts Stipe, I think he might go with, listen, I have one option on the table and only one. Dana, get on the phone with Francis. Let's do this. Otherwise, I'm gone. I think he would. Uh, I think he'd do another one if he if they can get that done. Now, can these yeah. all parties agree to terms? And will Dana take his feet out of the sand in order to get Francis back? Will Francis meet the UFC halfway or less than halfway in order to get back? I don't know. But I think honestly, if John beats Stipe, it's he's going to call out Francis try to get that fight and if he can't then yeah he'll just watch from home until something big comes along yeah money talks with john at this point in his career and the only one that's getting him off the couch is probably francis unless because there's no big like it's the problem with and when i say problems because francis can do whatever he wants who's all the big number that all the big stars francis could fight are in the ufc like the ones with the most drawing power there's no kayla harrison or michael chandler out there where it's like oh this guy's going to be a free agent let's get him in the ufc doesn't exist in the heavyweight division obviously there's a bunch of like rug rugs and uh what's that guy's name uh who's the big who's the heavy guy the heavy the pujanowski like obviously those oh, ridiculous. but like that's never gonna happen those would be big draws but they it wouldn't be I guess the only thing that I could see that would be that would definitely throw a wrinkle is if they do the July card in London. Obviously, Leon says he doesn't want to fight there, and Tom headlines that and wins. Tom Aspinall could be fighting for a vacant title very quickly, and he is supremely talented. Um, I wouldn't hate if like if Curtis wins and Tom wins, or if even if Jail any of these three Sergey Jailton Curtis Blades fights Tom for a vacant title, especially if Tom beats Martin Sabura. Like, I know that fight's not official, but that's the fight that he wants, and I'm assuming that's the fight that's going to get made for that London card. It would be fun, any of those fights. Uh, Tom is supremely confident he can also beat John Jones uh, from the, the various conversations I've had. So it, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Tommy Aspinall, maybe they just do Tommy Aspinall versus Jailton Almeida and they just skip over the winner of this fight on Saturday. Jeez Louise. It's, it's, it's Curtis Blade, so anything's possible. And I think people, I think people underestimate like what Curtis does. Like I, I think mm-hmm. the Jarzino fight kind of just sticks to people's minds that he's like the boring wrestler or whatever, but go look at his topology page. Go look at his resume. He finishes like most dudes he fights pretty emphatically. So Maybe you could do that here. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Jose, question for you. Does Patchy win? And if so, how good would he do in the UFC? I think Patchy will win. And I think he's doing just fine in Bellator. Like the Bellator Bantamweight division is right there on par with the UFC's Bantamweight division. Uh, I mean, if Patchy was the champion of Bellator and you toss him into the UFC, he's a guy that you could give a title shot to right away. You know, obviously, Al Jermaine and O'Malley. Like if he was thrown to the landscape now, he'd have to probably fight someone like an Um. They'll probably give him like Umar or something like that to give him like or a Marab. real test or a Marab. Either which I don't think he would get dominated by either one. Patrick Mix is so good at MMA. Rofion Stas is also. This is the best fight of the weekend. Not counting For Tank sure. Garcia. Actually, even counting Tank Garcia, I think this is the most competitive fight of the of the weekend. Um, it's the best one thirty five fight of the weekend that's for sure because 
Tank and Garcia at 135. Um, yeah, Patchy Mix is awesome. Top seven Bantamweight in the world for sure. If he beats Rufion Stotts, throw him right into the top five. He is supremely talented. Rufion Stotts obviously is very good at wrestling, as we saw. Like Danny Stabs maybe laid the blueprint of how you can find some success, but Patchy Mix is also a very good wrestler who just hunts submissions. And Rufion Stotts is how many losses? Is he? he only has one loss, right? And that was to Marab. To Marab, the spinning back fist or whatever. That's right. In that fight. That's right. And then Patchy's only loss is to Juan Archuleta, who Rufion Stotts melted. So these are very clearly two. Uh, I can't even say the two best because Sergio obviously is out there. Kyoji Horiguchi could always come up to 135. And Patricio Pitbull is not 135. And any one of those guys. Oh, man, 135 is so fun. 135 is so fun. It is. But I'm picking Patchy to win. First. Like- I'm picking Patchy to win. I like Patchy as well. Uh, a lot has to do with the Danny Sabatello fight because I think Patchy mm-hmm. will be able to get takedowns. I think he'll be able to get on top. I think he'll be able to do more than Danny Sabatello was able to do. And I just think Patchy, I think he's just clicking now. Like I think like a lot of the questions we had about Patchy, is his mind right? Um, can he reach the mm-hmm. potential people seem to, to see for him? Will he make weight? Will he miss weight? I think a lot of those questions are, at least right now, kind of things of the past and i thought he looked incredible against horiguchi i think i thought he whatever a step above incredible is i think he was that against magomed magomedov in a fight that i thought was gonna be super duper competitive but patchy was like nope this ain't gonna be competitive at all this fight's great but i think patchy that was yeah his some his submission over magomed was my number two for submission of the year last year it's a good pick it's a very good pick I, I also had that at my top my top three, I think, too. It was That was number incredible. two for me. Yeah. Yeah. Put him to sleep. The only problem is it was like the last fight card of the year, so just, and it got overshadowed by UFC Fight Week. So just no one really talked about it. It was also the co-main event. Yeah. It was a great pick. We'll see what happens. I love that fight. Can't wait to see it. Forrest Daniels, what do you guys think about Bobby Green bringing 60,000 cash to the media day? Yes, that was pretty fun. Uh, also, what do you think about his new name, King? So I didn't dig into this completely. Is his name just going to be King? Like yeah. no last name? It's just going to be like what? I think it might be King of- Green. King no, Green? He, I don't know. He just, he just said just- King, like Madonna. Okay. Just King. Yeah. I, I was looking at it today. Cool. Yeah. Love it. Bruce Buff- so Bruce Buffer's like going to say fighting out of this thing, weighing at 155, King, that's incredible. What would be great is if he kept the King nickname, so it was just King King. <laughs> King King! I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love it. I love weird people. Bobby Green is like, I feel like he's... Jed, oh, Jed and he- I have talked about this before. He's he's just so close. I feel like he's so close to oh. break. Like, like we saw Mazadal did in 2019. That's I was about I, to say. Yeah, and I feel like if anybody can recreate that magic, I feel like it's Bobby Green. But mm-hmm. every time we feel like he's there, comes up just a little short, gets knocked up by Drew Dober. Although I think he's got a very good chance to beat Jared Gordon. I think it's a competitive fight, but I think – I understand why Bobby Green's such a heavy favorite, but is this the year, Jose, that Bobby Green gets over the hump and the next media days or two media days from now, instead of bringing sixty thousand dollars cash, he's bringing like one hundred and fifty cash? Yeah, if Bobby team. Green. If Bobby Green beats Jared Gordon and then beats Patty Pimblett, then I think we could very much see that happen. Because you think Patty, Patty would Pimblett, take that fight? I think so. Well, I don't think Patty's the type of guy. Patty is not the type of guy to say no to fights. He seems to really want to fight Jared Gordon because of things that were said and how the last fight played out and everything. But I don't think the UFC is in the – they've never really done that. Like, oh, I want to run this – like, they did it with Usman because Masvidal was, like, the moneymaker. So they get Usman beat Burns, and then he called out Masvidal even though he just beat him to, like, silence the critics. But Jared Gordon is not Jorge Masvidal. You know, like unless Jared Gordon just throws like a fly, like a rolling thunder, knocks out Bobby Green, gets on the mic and is like, oh, I'm going to scalp you and drink your blood. And then we'll we can talk. But if Bobby Green wins, I and then I, I would honestly pick Bobby to beat Patty Pimblett. Then we could yeah. I could absolutely see a world where Bobby Green is all of a sudden must see television. Like he's the guy like he's the new Jorge if he beats Jared and Patty back to back. 
he goes out there and just finishes Jared, it's a good start. It's a good start. See, people say that, but can you? How many times does Bobby Green get finishes? Ally Quinto. Yeah, but that was it. <laughs> like, if you look at, because I remember I asked him this. He beat, he beat Al in November 2021 because that was the MSG card, and it was I want to say seven, eight years between TKO finishes for him. Like, essentially, Jorge Masvidal. Everyone's talking about how Jorge was this killer on the feet, knocked out Darren Till, obviously knocked out Ben Askren, and then got the cut against Nate Diaz. But before that, how many guys was he knocking out? He was fighting to a lot of decisions. He was winning decisions, but he was fighting to a lot of decisions. Bobby Green does not get stoppage wins. He does before the UFC, but in the UFC, he does not. He had about seven, eight years between TKO wins. But first every one of his fights, he got finished. Right. But then but eight years. Every one of his fights is so fun to watch. So no one cares. Like he is already like to me, he's already must see TV in terms of his actual fight. But in terms of the mass and like media days and press conferences, he beats Jared and Patty back to back. He's there. Love it. Do it, Bobby. Do it. Plus, love me a head tattoo. I've been thinking to get one myself. <laughs> really? Yeah. Any uh, design thoughts? You'll see. Oh, so this is going to be a thing. It'll it'll eventually happen. I just got to figure out who will do it and when I want to do it because it takes a long time to heal. Because I also want to get my hands tattooed, and that's a six-week healing process. So I need six weeks of no travel. Okay. We have things to look forward to. Bobby Green, Patty Pimblett, and Jose Head and Hand Tattoos. <laughs> Joseph, thoughts on Armin Sarukian, Benil Dariush agreeing to fight each other at UFC 288, but the UFC said no. Does Dana need Dubronx versus Dariush? Because in his mind, UFC 289 will suck. That fight is not done yet. Um, seems to be what the UFC wants to do, and that card could really use a Charles Oliveira, Benil Dariush fight. But it's not that long. It's a month apart, a little over a month after 288. So is Oliveira going to be ready in time to do this? City hasn't been even, even to really train for Darius for 288. He had the injury. I guess he's going to try next week to see how it all pans out. But I don't know. Saruki on Darius, like good on Darius for saying yes. Love it. Um, yeah, that's, that's a super risky fight. But good on him. But love it. I mean, I don't know. Benil's a guy that, or as this person wrote, Benelli Dar Darush. Benelli Darush. Um, if you watch, if you watch his press conference before he fought Gamrot, someone asked. I can't remember who asked him, but someone asked him like, "Why do you like? You could be fighting a much higher ranked guy than Matouch Gamrot, who is supremely dangerous." And Benil was just like, "I just like to fight." And I don't particularly care who it's against, which I love. He's a guy that um, doesn't matter. Like he obviously he cares about getting to the title, but I think he just wants to fight. He has a new baby. I think he's about to have his wife is about to have another new baby. Needs that money. So, I mean, if he he should just get the title shot, like meritocracy wise, yeah. just have him fight Islam in Abu Dhabi. That should have been the case to begin with. He shouldn't even have to fight Charles Oliveira. Um, but if he fights, if he's down to clown against Armin Sarukian or Justin Poirier in June, July, then man, just give that man a fat paycheck. Love the Poirier idea, but I don't know. I don't know. He even said, like in all the interviews he did, that when he said, "Okay, I'll just take the title shot," the UFC said, "No, Dustin Poirier is the number one contender," which I'm not really surprised at, just because Poirier right. is a star and fight with Chandler was insane and but we'll see I mean I think it I think Darius played this right and it, it looks like if this fight doesn't happen June 10th that Darius will end up getting the title fight so it's kind of a win-win for Darius right. he either gets to fight Charles Oliveira in a big spot on a pay-per-view to earn his shot or he gets it anyways so it's in a pretty good place but yeah he should just get the friggin' title right. shot and let's move on 
Yeah, that card really needs it. Uh, Aaron's MMA picks. Yeah, what? I'm sure we'll talk about the the mystery co-main event at some point. But Mm -hmm. uh, what do you all think about Gilbert calling out Dustin at 155 or in Bilal asking for a catch weight? Feels like this hurts their argument for a title shot. So, I guess we could kind of parlay this into the UFC 288 co-main event mystery box, which is under lock and key and no one can seem to penetrate it or get it open at all. Gilbert wants that spot. Seems like he's kind of cryptic on social media. Bilal asking for a catch weight. And now Gilbert is saying, oh, now he wants to fight at 170 now. Money, money, money. Then he called out Dustin and Dustin said, I could do it, but I'm not really in fight shape, but money talks. And now Paulo Costa has been out saying things and Jan Bohovich is like no they offered me the fight I said yes you said no I don't know man but what do you think about where Gilbert stands in all of this and just this mystery co-main event that the UFC is apparently planning for May 6th that nobody knows about I mean props to Gilbert Dustin Bilal if true and all those guys that are willing to step up and fight on super short notice and risk their spot especially Gilbert and Bilal if Gilbert and Bilal fight at 170 that is a massive risk I love that fight as a fight and the winner of that undoubtedly deserves the title shot over Colby Covington but I don't like seeing like Bilal is in the same category as Benil he should be fighting for the title now like he deserves the title shot next Gilbert is probably one win away. So I realistically, Bilal should have the title shot. Gilbert should be fighting Colby Covington for the number one contender spot. I don't want to see Gilbert and Bilal knock one of the other off because then we'll have a Curtis played Sergey Pavlovich situation all over again, or we'll have a Charles Oliveira, Benil Darius, or we'll have a Max Holloway, Arnold Allen all over again, where you're just knocking off a future contender for a champion that needs opponents. So props to everyone involved, especially Dustin, who is not even remotely linked to a fight and is down to clown if it's if the money talks rightfully so i would have loved to see yon versus paulo costa never thought that fight was even remotely possible and so they started swinging but at the same time i don't want to lose out on paulo versus hamzat so if paulo needs to get to 185 in november fight hamzat for that number one contender spot don't want to lose out on that but props to everyone involved for willing to step up especially if they're making all that money so I was told by some folks that Paulo fighting on this card, like him saying that, pretty legit. Um, there are that names that were thrown out, uh, other middleweights that were thrown out, and the big talking point and the big holding pattern was, let's just do it at 205. Like, who gives a shit? Let's just do it at 205. And apparently the UFC was like, no, it has to be at 185, which to me is so weird because mm-hmm. even like the even the Gilbert Bilal thing is like, like who gives a shit if they make 171 like if they fight at a catch weight of 175 or 180 like are we really going to be like well this has no merit on the welterweight division because they're fighting at 175 it just seems so bizarre that the sticking point is like we have to do it at the weight class when you just have two dudes who are down to fight that the fans would be happy to watch fight like i don't understand why the weight classes and making the exact weight for it is such a big deal but I'm not a matchmaker. I don't run the UFC. It just seems kind of weird that we could get these fights, but it, it's only the only way we can close the deal is if they fight at 185 or 170. It just seems weird. I, I'm hoping that because of the the time and the apparent desperation to get a co-main event on this card, which Jessica Andrade, John Janan is a pretty fine main co-main event. We've seen way worse if we're being mm-hmm. honest. So I don't know. I don't know why this is such a sticking point. And I, I don't want Dustin to take it because I don't want to lose out on Dustin Gaethje too. Yeah. I still think we can get that fight though. Uh, Luke, does Garcia have what it takes to win by decision versus Davis? And do you think that's the smartest game plan as, instead of going for the KO versus Tank? Now you're going to be doing a preview show on this, but mm-hmm. early thoughts on this fight. I, It's a very good fight, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm surprised Gervonta is as big of a favorite as he is because I think Why? the fights eh, – it just seemed minus <laughs> – what, minus 245 or whatever he is? Right on the, so right on the money. Right you on think the so? Money. Yeah, right on the money. Uh, I think Ryan Garcia is so talented. I just don't think he's there. The hype 
to the talent is not comparable right now, which is fine that like this fight is happening because it's it's they're the two most popular fighters in the division. They're the two most outspoken. They're both like the fight does like the fight does make sense. It's not like one of these fights that like, oh, they're just doing it to make money. This fight, it kind of checks all the boxes and it has every generation of it has new fight fans that have discovered boxing because of YouTube. It has old fight fans that follow the Mayweather promotion. Ryan Garcia has been an internet darling for his entire career. Like even like like I was going th- like do you know how on Facebook memories it'll like show you like old posts and videos that you posted? I, there was a video on my Facebook eleven years ago about Ryan Garcia. Like that's how much this guy has like he's he's really the first boxer that came in on this YouTube wave and just took it and ran with it and that and did it right and built it. Now you can agree or disagree with building your fight, but that he's this new generation's face of boxing him, Logan Paul, all these guys, he's a good looking kid. He's very, he has viral moments. He knows how to work the camera. He's a good interview. He's got the last name Garcia. So the Mexican fans will follow him. He's got, he had Canelo in his corner for a bit. Not really anymore. Oscar De La Hoya is obviously there. has the rivalry with Mayweather promotions and this and that, but Saying all of that, Tank Davis is just better. He is just simply better. Did you? I don't know if you watched Tank Davis' last fight. And yes, he has all the issues off out of the ring, which you cannot overlook because he's not the best human being when it comes to, you know, being a significant other. But everything that Tank Davis does just is ryan garcia's foil like ryan garcia looks really good when he hits pads pads don't hit back you don't have to worry about an uppercut from hell from tank davis i don't need to get all into this because we're going to do a preview show but i i am like i'm very confident when i pick tank davis but at the same time this fight makes sense this is not a money grab fight this is the biggest fight since wilder fury 135 rules but i don't even like like if you take all the 135ers like everyone in this division like davis and haney lomachenko shakur stevenson ryan garcia george cambos is sort of i know he lost twice to Devin haney and if teofimo lomas can lopez can drop back down after those lost that loss to cambosis and add him in if you take all those guys and put him in an actual tournament i think ryan garcia comes out at the bottom in terms of wins and losses He'll have the most people watching him, though, if that makes sense. Shakur Stevenson and Devin Haney probably come out on top, but Tank Davis talking about a 135er that can melt you. Tank Tank Davis is the guy. He's so good at boxing. And he I think people underestimate his fight IQ. Because if you watch that last fight, and I'm getting way too into this, even though we're gonna do a preview show. Love it. The last thing I'll the last thing I'll say on this is everyone keeps saying, like, oh, is he overlooking Ryan Garcia? Is he not taking this seriously? Tank Davis's team will not allow that. In the middle of his, he has the he has his corner in his fight before the finish. Went up to him. I can't remember who it was. They were like, "Tank, you're losing. You're losing this fight." And Tank was like, "What do you mean?" Like he argued with his coach. In the, in the, he's like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Tank, you're losing." And Tank literally, you can see the flip, the switch in the in like coming out, and then he just uppercut and knocked him out. Tank Davis is that guy. I think I am so confident when I pick Tank Davis to win. It's going to be a good one. Davis's length, his reach. I don't know if he, I just don't know if he can keep, Tank, da- Tank Davis. I just don't know if he can so stay away from Tank for the entire fight. It's a dangerous proposition. Yeah. And he's really fast. The hydration clause obviously helps Tank Davis. And Ryan Garcia throws a lot of looping punches and leaves his head way up high. <laughs> Tank Davis, there are moments where, where, but at the, oh my God, at the same time, Tank, when he throws, there are punches, if you watch it in slow motion, where both of his feet are off the ground. Like he just hums that thing and can't do that against Ryan Garcia either. Though you'll eat about seven punches if you do that. And when Gervonta Davis rib roasts, oh, it's brutal, man. Even Garcia's so body's That's even Ryan, that's Ryan Garcia's when he go when he jabs and then comes in with the hook, and then you're just like, oh, broken ribs. And then he does it again, and then you block your ribs and he goes pop, pop, right to the face, and all of a sudden you can't see where you are. Oh my God. This is gonna be such a fun fight, but Tank should win. Okay. Saturday night. 
We have boots on the ground. Uh, yes. You think Davis versus Haney is the fight to make if Davis wins? Yes. Yes. A thousand times yes. Or Shakur <laughs> Stevenson or anyone. Obviously, Devin Haney has a hurricane that is Vasil Lomachenko in front of him. Yep. Lomachenko, I, I am very nervous that the pandemic like took us like we got robbed of his best years because he's so good. At one point in time, he was the most talented boxer in the world. I'm afraid that the pandemic, the Tiafimo Lopez, the injury and all that stuff robbed us of his best years. But yes, that is the fight. So remember how you said earlier, this is completely off topic, uh, when we were talking about the main event for Saturday at the UFC, that Chris Dawkins should be a light heavyweight? Mm-hmm. You got your wish, Jose. There you go. June 10th, Chris Dawkins going to light heavyweight. And boy, is he getting a welcome. Khalil Roundtree, UFC 289. UFC just Man. J- just just unveiled. How about that? So he the sh- guy that like the guy that knocks people out is fighting a guy that likes to get knocked out. Oof. Tough task. Wow. Okay. Over under on that anyway, region. <laughs> Over under on that fight reaching the third round. Uh it's It'd be like plus 300 <laughs> that it gets to the third round. Right. It's a tough. But fight. it depends on which, which Khalil shows up. That's Do true. we get that? The mangler? Bangkok Khalil Roundtree? Ready. Bangkok ready oh, Roundtree? Yeah. yeah. If we get that guy, no chance this goes to the third round. The guy who fought Eric Anders and Modestus Bukoskis? Boy, oh boy. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What's next for Alexander Rakic? Maybe Alex Pereira. Maybe uh, that's the oh, real Alex test for Pereira. Alex. Because Alex going 205. Could that be the one? I like I like that fight as a fight, but I think Ratchik was if he had beaten Jan, that would, he would have gotten the title shot. Again, I just don't want to see these guys knock each other off because I want both of these guys to fight for the title at some point. We're all obviously year, Jamal versus Year is the fight that will happen, and after maybe because this seems to be the next logical fight in terms of contenders, right? Because Alex was right there before the the leg injury. <sighs> maybe. I guess it really depends on when Yuri comes back because if Yuri has a setback and he's like, oh, I won't be ready till next year, just make Alex and Jamal Hill because their story they're going to do. Yeah, that's the story is there. He beat up his coach. There's they have how many cameras are pointing at the cam, the, the octagon of Alex Pereira just burning a hole through Jamal Hill's head after that win. That's just it just depends on when Yuri's ready. Because I just feel like I feel like that's half the reason why Pereira is moving up right now. Like I know that weight cut sucks, but still, you're you're on the precipice of a massive trilogy fight with your longtime rival. The UFC would certainly put together, and just immediately after losing to Izzy, it's just automatically 205, and then three days later, I'm up to 205. That was my whole thing. Is like I don't think maybe the the UFC is was right about Yuri all along that this is the worst shoulder injury they've ever seen. And maybe Yuri was just so incredibly optimistic about everything. Right. Like maybe perhaps too optimistic that maybe he won't come back before the end of the year. And does anybody, is anybody going to shell out $80 to watch Jamal Hill fight Magomed Ankalaev? I don't think so. Oh my God. I forgot about Ankalaev. That's maybe the problem. A- maybe Alex and Ankalaev. And then, because I'm, oh no, I don't want to see that. (laughs) Maybe, maybe Jan goes down, right? Because Jan said he wanted to go down to middleweight. So I'm going to strike him. I'm looking at our rankings right now. I'm striking him. Anthony Smith is obviously fighting Johnny Walker. I know, I know Ratchet has a win over Anthony Smith, but Ratchet was also down to rematch Anthony Smith when Anthony Smith went on that run. 
Krylov is out there. So I feel like the winner of Anthony Smith and Johnny Walker could either fight Ankalaev or Ratchik and then just give Alex the other one. Yeah. And then in this perfect world, Yuri and Jamal fight in, I don't know, in a perfect world, Mike, in a absolutely perfect world for the both of us. Say it. Yuri fights Jamal Hill in Boston in August. And Alex Pereira fights fill in the blank in the co-main event because he's right there near Danbury, Connecticut with Glover Teixeira. And then Rob Fonk, if I Peter Jan, what a great, what a great, what a great time that would be. The Boston Red Sox will have not lost a single game since today. (laughs) We'll be in first place. We'll have multiple parades for the Bruins and Celtics. Boston will be buzzing. Shohei Otani will be well on his way to Boston too. (laughs) (laughs) One kid dream. I love that. He likes Boston. He likes it a lot. I mean, if you're not on the if you're not in the American League East, I can't say that because Adam Jones really. I mean, there's players like Adam Jones and Torrey Hunter really hate Boston, rightfully so. That's true. Yeah, Torrey really hates Boston. He's a he's a meme forever, or at least his legs and his feet are. Mm. Tory Hunter is a jabroni, so true. Why is the UFC so hell bent on a division fight when Connor could fight at any weight for a lightweight title shot? I can see him versus Chandler at 170 after they to- coach tough. I don't know. What is this question? <laughs> why is the UFC so on a division fight? Oh, I think why are they I think trying to talk about uh, like uh, Gilbert kind of not fighting exactly at 170? Oh, I think oh, this oh. is reference, re- in reference to that. Sorry. I see. Yeah. I see. Connor kind of supersedes divisions. I think he's like one of those rare guys that's like, oh, I'm going to fight at 170. The UFC's like, okay. I also like <laughs> Bilal Muhammad and Conor McGregor just don't have the same drawing power, unfortunately. So I don't. Also, to Bilal Muhammad saying he could have made 170 overnight for London. And now saying like, oh, I want to fight. I want to catch weight. Just does, it's not the best look, I guess. Maybe the UFC is a little frustrated with it because he talked all that talk and now he doesn't want to make 170. I don't know. I'm speculating. But it's at Ramadan the end of the day, too. So all, that is a very good – that is an excellent point. That is an excellent point. Which is why I don't think doing it at 171 means anything. You can just do it mm-hmm. at 180 or 175. It's the same freaking fight. It's the same mm-hmm. damn fight. Will you guys do a fan meetup at UFC 288? Uh, no. no, we will not. I no, won't be there. Not. Jose will not be there. Uh, I was going to try to get out there Friday, but that's not happening either. Uh, I will be there Saturday for the watch party, but uh, no meetup for 288. Maybe we'll figure something out. If, if I can get to Vegas, maybe we'll do something for 290. Maybe. Maybe Connor Burks we'll will come. Maybe he will. Question for both of you. Who will enjoy this national holiday more so today? <laughs> I'll say for sure. Not me. I mean, true. that's my, my days are gone. My days are no longer there. As Mike knows. It will not be, it will not be I either. Parent stuff and yeah, no. I'd be too reckless. You know what? The answer, the answer is Casey Lydon. Because every yes. day is April 20th in the Lynn Lighted household. <laughs> Incredible. What else we got? Actually, um, we're kind of we've kind of answered all the good questions. Come on, kids. All right, all right here we go. Here we go. Mm. Favorite walkout songs. Is this art? favorite walkout songs for that fighter like it's a perfect fit or just songs in general and where does where does headstrong by trapped rank uh, after israel Adesanya? Uh, i had to move him down the rankings for that who uh <laughs> wow i can't remember who was it katsunori kukuno walked out to we are the world Ooh, that was sure. funny that was very funny because it caught everyone off guard um, I liked that. I liked BJ Penn's. 
I mean, Yoshihiro Akiyama has like the best ever. It works perfect for him. It yeah. works so well, especially. But the problem is, it doesn't work in the UFC. It works great for Pride on that and big stage, and, and they, they, they yeah. take their time. Everyone bows, yeah, and they bring out the whole team. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and the pedals are falling behind him, and you're just like, what? It's like the entrance is longer than the fight. That's the best. That's he's the best ever, and he's just a beautiful man. <laughs> so true. Um, how about Tattoo Voss has got a bunch, bunch of good ones. Oh, you know what? You know what? I changed my qu- for a long time. I my favorite was BJ Penn's because like people just got like really hyped. But seeing being in the arena when Alex Volkanovsky walked out in Perth to uh, I come from a land down under. Oh my god! I have never in my life felt a building shake so much and seeing and just absolutely hammered Israel Adesanya and tied to Ivasa singing along on their standing on their chairs was such a delight was such a delight and then <laughs> immediately when Islam came out and just you could like me and Oscar Willis were sitting next to each other we couldn't hear we were like inches apart we couldn't hear each other because of the booze that's my answer look it might be recency bias, but I have never like it was comparable to when Nate Diaz submitted Connor when the the building was going bananas. That was my answer is Volkanovsky come from land on under. I want to throw one out. Is there. he walking out? Oh, oh God. God. I want to throw one out because I think people forgot about how awesome her walkouts were. Ronda Rousey walking out to Joan Jett's bad mm-hmm. reputation unbelievably mm-hmm. perfect song for her although she actually did care about her reputation but that's beside the point <laughs> her walking better when that when that when that hit it and, and ronda was at her prime oh my god like that that was there, there's a handful of times i was like i was so glad to be in the arena to experience that that was one of those times Izzy walking to Undertaker theme was pretty good. I like that one. Yeah, two seventy six. Meh. You didn't like it? I was like, I was not ready for that. I mean, a little. It was a. I liked it because I love professional wrestling, but like, it just. I don't know. Read the room, bro. That's what I. That's how I felt. <laughs> I'm kind of opposed down. I, I, I enjoy. I, I enjoyed the, uh, the uh, ambition. I, from Izzy, yes. but yeah. I I there were. I understand what he was doing. I really appreciated trying something new. I'm, I'm obviously, I really like Izzy as a fighter. We're pretty okay friends, but like, there were much better WWE songs that you could have. Like, if you walked out to Triple H's song and did like the water thing and everything, then I would have been hyped for a fist fight. <laughs> then I would have been hyped tri- for a fist fight. And Triple H was sitting in front row for that, wasn't he? Because they, mm-hmm. is that the money in the mm-hmm. bank card? Yeah. Yep. Oh, that would have been yep. crazy. That would have been Vince, awesome. Vin, Vince, Stephanie, and Triple H were all there. And McAfee, anyone, right? Yeah. Say it again. McAfee was there too, right? Probably. That was an eclectic, an eclectic bunch. Is anyone who walked out to Cena? I've got the, what the song's called. The, the John Cena song. My time, my time is up. <laughs> yeah, my time my is time now. Is, yeah. Did you know John Cena? Do you know John Cena's a platinum, platinum album? His his one album he put out is platinum, and it actually has some bangers on it. It's unbelievable. I interviewed John Cena. Yeah, I interviewed John Cena once in my life, and I introduced him as platinum recording artist John Cena, <laughs> and he couldn't he couldn't stop laughing. I go, I didn't mention WWE at all. I go, I'm here with platinum recording artist John Cena. And he was just like, what the hell? Yes, he, so he was good, man. He was he had some he rhymes. Was. He had some rhymes. Okay. I liked all his right. first. Um, I liked his his first theme song before the he the other one. Yeah. Yeah, you think you're untouchable? That was beat. a good one. It was good stuff. John Cena is one of those wrestlers I hated for so long, but now I actually love him. Like, yeah, it went to the other there side. There was, there was a time. I know we're, I know no one cares about pro wrestling, but when he was the U.S. champion and he was doing the the U.S. Open Challenge, and that's how like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and everyone kind of debuted. When it was his, I'm just gonna do whatever I want in the ring. That Casey, did you watch professional wrestling at the time? What, what, around what time? When John Cena was the U.S. champion, he was doing open no, challenge, the open challenge. Actually, there was like, yeah. like he would ju- he. This is a moment when he just did whatever he wanted. Like I remember he did a har- a standing Hurricane Rana on CM Punk, and everyone like there was no reaction in the crowd because everyone was like, "What the hell was that?" 
like they were literally speechless because it wasn't set up. He just jumped up in the air. A 280-pound man jumped up in the air and threw his legs around another man. There was no spring. There was no help. He just jumped 10 feet in the air, and then Harkin Ron at CM Punk. It was unbelievable. (laughs) Cena had some banger matches, man. Gontra, that was great. Zero gone. <laughs> that that might be that he didn't might wa- be the actual winner. He didn't walk out to Still Tipping. He walked out to what did he walk out to, Casey? It was another Houston song. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. You're right. I don't. Uh, was it a Paul Wall song? I don't remember, but he because obviously Derek Lewis but, walked out to Flat Pat. Flat Pat, but it was it was a Houston rapper. I can't I can't exactly remember. Because the crowd started to cheer, and then they went, yeah, boo, when he walked out. <laughs> I, that was great. And then he was laughing. I thought it was still tipping. Might, it might. No. It was not. Okay, well, either way, he gone did troll the audience. But gone insists that he wasn't trolling. He loves he loves um, um, Houston hip-hop, so um, maybe it was still funny. Houston's never been my favorite hip-hop scene, but... They have been around forever, so yeah. all respect. Yeah. All right. All right. Let me see Anything what else, else we got. Uh, do, 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 do. We'll go another five five minutes or yeah, so. We got. See if we have another question or two. Uh, I'm trying to. We have a lot of music suggestions and pro wrestling stuff. I'm trying to get back to MMA. <laughs> yeah, we can go that route. We can go that route. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna we try go. to find out what this walkout song was. Thoughts on Imovov Curtis announced for UFC 289. Yeah, so we reported that fight yesterday, and it's a good fight. Makes it's sense. a good fight. Huh. He did walk out to still tipping. He did. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I was I was mistaken. <laughs> what do you think of uh, Imovov Curtis? Uh... I mean, I, it makes sense because in our rankings, Imovov is what I think 15, 14, and Chris Curtis is right outside the top 15. Ranking wise, it makes sense. Chris Curtis is really mad at the world, right? This reminds me of when Anthony Smith lost to John Jones and then immediately took a fight against Alexander Gustafson when he probably shouldn't have. And he was like, remember, he was just like real agitated at the presser. Remember, he's like, I'm going to punch a hole through Luke Rockhold's face and this and that. It reminds me of that. Um, it's just not a main event, so I'm probably gonna pick Chris Curtis because he's a mad, he's a very agitated man. Plus, his his training partner Sean Strickland kind of put the blueprint out on how to beat Imovov. Yeah, I think Imovov's best best path to victory is probably getting this fight to the ground, and Chris is very mm-hmm. hard to take down. So, the hardest yeah. he's never been taken down. I'm interested because even 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 Strickland said that Imovov made a big mistake by accepting accepting that fight at 205, and yeah. Strickland definitely used his weight advantage in it. So this fight being back at 185, uh, I'm interested. Um, I, I'm I'm gonna kind of give Imovov uh, a mulligan on that last fight. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not viewing that as yeah, I'm not viewing that as a yeah. win or a loss for either man. But Chris Curtis is also not the biggest middleweight. No, yeah, so, exactly. Not. Yeah. yeah, he's a guy. He's, he's not, he's not a guy that will use his weight. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Be exciting fight. Fun fight, though. Uh, Makes sense. Very middleweighty fight. <laughs> How's the nose, Casey? <laughs> Having a broken nose is not fun, but the timing of it was great because I've been uh, I've been in Vegas all week and I'll be here for a few more days, so it's kept me out of the gym. So uh, it is healing up at. And I think it's healed up till my nose itches. Then I touch it. I go, oh nope, not healed. <laughs> one of those, one of those type injuries. <laughs> I've never broken my nose. I've never oh. once broken my nose. That I I know of. I am confident it has happened. I just didn't go to the doctor. Yeah, haven't gone to the doctor yet, but hopefully don't have to. Just as long as I don't get it punched again anytime soon. <laughs> Which is that's a that's a big ask. Is Sadiq Youssef in our comment section, or is that just a guy pretending to be Sadiq Youssef? I don't know. That's why I haven't put the. Com- I, I I I can't confirm that Sadiq. So I don't I don't want to throw that up there. But people are because anyone can just you know put yeah. their name out there. That'd be pretty amazing. The best uh, fight breakdown man in MMA. Oh, he's good. And a guy. Good. 
And a guy that I, him and I have been talking about doing uh, anything but fighting episode for a minute. The problem is he's all the way in Maryland. That'll be and every one. time. I, and every time I want to do one with Chris Curtis, he takes another fight. <laughs> so he's in camp and stuff. <laughs> Maybe International Fight Week. What happens Ooh. first? Is he Rob three or Volk Max four? Probably Izzy That's Rob three, but I'm not confident either happens in a, for a while. Because I think yeah, I'm with you. Volk's gonna try to go to 155 again to challenge Islam. Izzy has Strickland, he's got DDP, and he has Hamzat. 2024 would pro- would probably 20 late 2024 if either happens is probably when it will happen. Yeah. Can't. Yeah, I, I'm I'm leaning. If I have to choose one, it's Izzy Rob three, but mm-hmm. I'm not confident either happens. Is there anything Max Holloway can do to earn a title shot against Volk? Just keep winning, I guess. So he literally just had like, Vol- Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of curious. Like, how many times does he have to beat number one contenders to get? another shot if volk is the champ obviously if if, if it's a different champ then you know that changes but yeah i just want I, chase I, I him wonder. to one chase him to one chase him to 155 fight him in a new weight class it's not a bad idea right. or just piss volk off to the point where volk's just like all right i want to fight you yeah the ball's in his court more than likely so uh, it doesn't seem uh, like he's all that interested in that idea Anything else? There he is. <laughs> I'm Hopefully. assuming. Is that really Sadiq Yusuf? <laughs> yeah, people are saying, so. yeah, because they're, yeah, it's him. So, hi, Sadiq. What's up, guy? The best, yeah, the best, I mean, it the best of the business him. of breaking down fights. <laughs> World's you're not you're when, not lying when they you're when lying. you're that good at, when you're that good at picking fights they don't call you an expert they call you city Yusef. that's right it's what the dictionary says mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's what the dictionary says listen I, I i i watch sadiq's fight breakdowns more than i watch our own fight breakdowns that just shows you how good that that man is he is he's changed the game forever with he his, really has. I mean, and he's using and he's using science. He's using science and he's just doing things that have never been done before in the in the fight picking community. So I wonder if like I wonder if some I wonder if someone tailed Sadiq on a lot of his picks. Like everyone just bet everything Sadiq said over since he started doing this. I wonder how much money they would have right now. Sadiq usually does pretty well. Usually picks pretty well. Smart dude. So Sadiq, get ready. Uh, next time you and Jose are in the same locale, a little anything but fighting. I think that would be a lot of fun. Also, not for nothing, he is very good at professional fist fighting. Oh, yeah, he is that very thing. good at professional fist <laughs> fighting. You know, that little thing. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that's what he does, too. Who knew? <laughs> um, it's so good. I think we're good, think we're good? gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, yes, sir. I think we're good. All right, so a lot to look forward to. Uh, Jose will get a cast assembled for the Garcia mm-hmm. Davis preview show. Uh, we'll it will, have not, it will show. not be live. He makes millionaires every weekend. See, there you go. Uh, we'll have a preview show for the rest of the combat sports wonderfulness. Uh, tomorrow, Bellator, UFC, all that good stuff, 1 p.m. Eastern, and then... Saturday, it's just all sorts of craziness. We have obviously the boxing fight. We have Bellator. We got the UFC. Uh, there's influencer boxing. I mean, there's just so much stuff going on. Sunday, AK and I will be back for matchmaking. On to the next one, uh, and then I'm then I'm on vacation for a week and a half. So I don't Ooh. know if the show's going to happen next week. If someone's going to take it over, not really sure. Um, but we do have. The 2023 MMA fighting draft, which is going to drop on Sunday too. We already recorded the episode. It is magical. It is glorious. And I think you all will enjoy it just in time for the NFL draft going up next week. So Casey, you can hit the music. 
There it is. Casey, enjoy the rest of your time in Las Vegas. Davis Garcia should be a, a hell of a fight. We'll see how it all plays out. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, I will be back on this program in two weeks, and we'll get you ready for UFC 288 in Newark, New Jersey. For Jose, I am Mike Heck. Big shout out to Casey on the ones and twos. Thank you, Super Dave. Back in two weeks on Between the Links. Good night, everybody. Fox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.